You're listening to the House Guy and Home Girl podcast, a podcast about real estate and real life. As realtors, home builders, and real estate investors, John and Kim keep it real. Former teachers turned real estate professionals, they have a heart for helping others. Join them each week as they discuss all things home. And now, here's your hosts, John and Kim. Hey, what's up, guys? It's me, John the House Guy, with the solo show this week on the House Guy and Home Girl podcast. We're going to be talking about how to analyze rental property investment. And so we are going to go through several different uh, areas of rental property investment, explain to you basically what is a good investment, what makes a good investment, and what is uh, a checklist of things that you can look for as you're out there. Even if you're not ready to buy your first rental property or first rental uh, real estate investment, uh, you can still go work through this checklist and find uh, good information there, uh, ways to analyze deals and get good practice by analyzing deals. So if you like this kind of content and you want to get more of it, be sure to like, subscribe, leave a review if you're listening to this on a podcast app, uh, just so that we know that you enjoy it so we continue to put out the right stuff that you enjoy. So now let's get into it. Let's talk about the introduction to rental property investing. There's different kinds of rental property investing. You can have residential, rent houses, you can have multifamily like apartments. You can have commercial where you're using retail space or warehouse space, or you can have vacation rentals where you're turning those things over week by week or day by day, you know, if you're renting on Airbnb or VRBO. So what are the advantages and disadvantages of each of those? Well, let's talk about residential. Residential first, you're gonna be it's really the easiest one to start with you begin with residential uh, most everybody begins with residential you buy one rental property you put a tenant in there and you see if this is something you want to do i always tell my clients too if you're going to start with real estate investing start with residential because it's the easiest to get out of and sell right so if you're looking at a house you have a single family home that you buy and somebody lives there and then you decide you know what I don't want to be a rental property manager I don't want to be a real estate investor anymore when their lease is up or when they move out you just sell the house it's that simple now selling an apartment complex or selling a commercial piece of property is it takes a real estate investor to buy that but selling a single family home is pretty simple because you just have lots of buyers the buyer pool is bigger than it is with commercial property or multifamily property or apartments, stuff like that. Va vacation rentals, totally different um, animal altogether. You know, if you're going to buy a piece of property on the beach or buy a piece of property um, in a, a heavily vacationed area, um, you need to analyze that make sure that that is going to be uh, sustainable. You know, a lot of things are going on with Airbnb and VRBO these days with city municipalities changing the rules and saying we can't allow that here. We're only going to allow it in certain places or do this or do that. So what you want to do is make sure that you invest in an area that has a long-term history of vacation rental um, being approved and being allowed. And then uh, you need to consider the management side of that. If you're going to do that yourself or you're going to turn that over to a property management company that specializes in beachfront or mountain or, you know, whatever area that you're investing in. Uh, if you manage it yourself, obviously you can make more money that way, but also it's going to be very much hands-on. You're going to be, instead of dealing with a tenant every 
12 months or every two years when they move out of a long-term rental, you're going to be dealing with them every week, every other day. You're going to be answering questions all the time. So it's much more hands-on, even though it is probably more profitable. I don't have any vacation rental investments right now, but I would like to get into it. But all that being said, it's definitely more work on your side, unless you put it with a property property management company. If you do that, um, then you can expect the best case scenario is probably going to be to break even on the fees that they charge because those fees can get pretty heavy. So when we're talking about rental property investing, let's talk about the key indicators of whether or not this makes a good investment. So for the purposes of this show, we're really going to talk about single family homes. Uh, This is kind of an introduction to rental property investing. If you're interested in getting uh, into that, more information on that or whatever, you can reach out to me. But this will be just kind of a primer, beginner's guide to rental property investing. What you want to look at first is the return on the investment, right? How much money is it going to cost you to get into a house by the time you pay your closing fees, your down payment? It's probably going to be about 20% that it costs you. You're going to pay the 20% down. You're going to pay the closing costs. You're going to pay any renovations that you have to do. And by the time you get all that done, how much can you rent that place out for? And will that amount every month make sense as a financial investment for your return on investment? So you want to look at the total amount invested, and then use what they call a cash-on-cash analysis, right? So how much cash am I putting out and how much cash am I getting back? And does that make sense or would I be better off putting that money in uh, uh, a CD at the bank or a a 401k or some other investment vehicle that might be a little more hands-off and and not uh, not as much work to deal with. So you wanna look at that first some things you want to consider when you're looking into these single family homes you want to you want to add in for vacancy right because it's not going to be full all the time you're going to have turnover you might go a year you might go two years sometimes people stay for a longer period of time but when they do finally turn over you're going to have a period of time where the house is empty you're not just going to have one person hand the keys to the next person and move in so when that happens you're gonna lose some there. You're gonna have to be able to pay that month's bill or whatever it takes. So you wanna evaluate the vacancy rate. You wanna also put some money away for what they call capital expenditures, right? So the roof isn't gonna last forever. The hot water heater isn't gonna last forever. The, you may have an appliance that burns out. You may have uh, the HVAC go bad. Any of those things, you're gonna need what they call capital expenditure money to fix that. So you wanna make sure you build that in. Um, you want to make sure that you, after you uh, align or assign an amount for vacancy, you assign amount for capital expenditure. If you're going to put it on property management, you want to assign an amount for property management. And then from there, you want to look and see if there's any money left over. And that's going to be called your cash flow. The cash flow is what you're aiming for. The, the beauty of owning a piece of real estate an investment property is you have this piece of property that somebody else is paying for eventually you're going to own that outright with other people's money and the whole time you're owning it you're putting money in your pocket with the cash flow so we're shooting for cash flow all the time that is your main objective uh, one app I like to use is an app called the ballpark app ballpark deal actually is what it's called and it is a great app um, and I'll get we'll get a screenshot of this and, and show you but it's a great app because it has how much you're paying and then it tells you how much down payment what interest rate you can get it at your closing costs how much your renovations are going to be and basically 
at the top of the screen here, it'll tell you what the cash flow is going to be. And so for this particular deal, the cash flow is $170 a month. Now, if I take the rent down, I'm going to take the rent down by $200. Now it becomes red. So that tells you, hey, there's something not right here. You might want to check your numbers or this is not a good deal. So the ballpark deal app is something I use to analyze rental properties all the time. And I would suggest uh, that you download it. Even if you're you know that you don't have a down payment right now. You know that you're not ready to make your first rental property investment. Analyzing deals can sharpen your skills to know when a good deal comes along. As you're saving money, then you see, oh, that's a great deal. It helps you to know what a good deal is. That's the first, uh, first step in becoming a property investor is knowing, recognizing a good deal. Not buying it, but just knowing, hey, that's a good deal right there. And then when you see it, eventually when the time comes for you to buy, then you'll know how to analyze the deal properly and know if that's going to give you good cash flow and be a good investment. Um, the, we already talked about this, the financial considerations. So you're going to have the purchase price, closing costs, the financing. You will definitely look at your interest rate and see how that is going to affect the payment. Um, you know, you might even consider negotiating with your bank to, to try to buy down the interest rate a little bit uh, by paying points if that makes the deal cash flow a little bit better and you know it's a good piece of property that you're going to be able to hold on to long term and it's going to be a good investment that's going to appreciate. Location and market analysis, that brings me to my next point. You want to look at the location. You want to definitely make sure that you have a piece of property that you want to own, right? Like that that sounds so simple and so silly to say make sure you want to own it as you're buying it, but is it in a location where you're like, okay, I'd be happy to stay there. I would I would feel comfortable with my family staying in that location. Is it in a good is it in a good condition or are you going to have to do some renovation? Uh, and then when it all comes right down to it, over 10 years later, is that property value going to appreciate, right? You want to make sure that you don't invest in an area that's going to have some wild swings in uh, in market. You know, you want to be in a consistent market that's going to have a little bit of appreciation every year so that over the course of time, you make a little money on top of the money that you're making in cash flow. And that's in appreciation. So in other words, you buy a house right now for $100,000, Five years from now, it's a $130,000 house because of the market. And then you've also had a tenant paying the house down over time. They've paid the note down to say 60 or 70, let's say $70,000. So from 70,000 to 130, now you've made 60 grand on top of your cash flow that you've had for all the years that you've been renting it out. All right. So now it's an investment. All investments carry risk, right? So you have to be ready to, um, you have to be prepared to stand that risk and understand that risk so you know what it is that you're involved with. And then if anything goes south, let's say somebody comes in and trashes the place, well, you've got to have the money to kind of get it back on its feet. And say somebody comes in and doesn't pay rent for two months and you have to go through an eviction process and kick them out and that costs you money. So you need to understand those risks, right? Now, I will say this, as a rental property investor, uh, for for going on seven years now, the amount of times that you that you think in your head before you do it that you're going to be getting calls about problems and toilets that are stopped up at two o'clock in the morning and the actual reality are far different. I don't think I've ever had a midnight call. I think the worst call I ever had, the worst call I ever had, uh, 
on a on a rental property was Christmas morning uh, this past year, and this tenant was so gracious. A tree fell on her house on Christmas Eve and knocked her power line down, and she had no power. She couldn't cook for Christmas. Uh, she was in the middle of, you know, getting her baking done and all that on Christmas Eve for Christmas Day. The tree, the wind blew, the storm came, it knocked the power off. And so she didn't even tell me about it on Christmas Eve. She gathered her kids and she gathered her stuff and she went to her sister's house and had Christmas. And, you know, they'll have a great story to tell for years to come. But that was like the when, when she texted me, she texted me on Christmas Day and said what had happened. I felt really, really terrible, you know, that she had had that issue. Of course, we didn't cause that issue, but that was one where like, man, that one stings, you know, it's happened right on Christmas Eve, Christmas day. Um, so that was a gut wrenching one, but you know what? We had her fixed up. Um, I got in touch with my maintenance guys and everybody that I've kind of built my Rolodex and contact list and, uh, had it fixed and had her back in her home by the, before the first of the year and had her fixed up really, really good. So, but that being said, that's a risk. That's something I had to be prepared for because I didn't have time to wait around on the insurance company to cut me a check for that damage. I needed to get moving, get this lady back in her house. So I went ahead and paid for everything, got everything moving. Then my insurance company, which was great, they did a great job. But while they were processing, I was getting this lady back in her home as quickly as possible. So um, just be prepared for things like that because if you're a homeowner, you know that things are going to happen, that, that everything has a, a life expectancy. It's not going to last forever. Things wear out. Things happen. Storms come. You have to deal with that kind of thing. And that's part of the risk, right? You have to you have to know that the person that's moving in there is a good, decent person that's going to take care of the bill. You want to make sure you screen them properly. And, and you know, if you haven't already, you can check out my – I've got a, a Instagram reel that tells you about how to screen tenants. Screening Tenants 101. Go back and check that out. Uh, it gives you really some really great tips. Um, uh, also, the book Landlording on Autopilot, right there on the bottom of my pile, is a great book on how to screen tenants. Gives you all the information. Bigger Pockets also has a lot of resources for screening tenants. You want to screen your tenants properly so that you know that the risk is mitigated on the people side. You can't do much about the risk on the house side as far as like you want to make sure you have a safe house, you know, a well put together house with good equipment and good appliances all that that's safe before you move anybody in there you don't want to be a slumlord but you can't really do a lot about the weather and problems and 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 things that come up you just have to deal with them as they come up so the last part of this is going to be your exit strategy right because you got to consider that if you buy a great piece of property eventually at some point you're going to want to exit from that property you want to want to sell it um or, you, or you're going to want to, you know, move it into another investment, move it to a different, maybe you decide, oh, I'm okay, I'm pretty good at these single family. I've got six, seven, eight, ten of them, however many I've got, but I really would want to buy this apartment complex now. And this apartment complex, it, it, I could buy it, but I had to sell all of these, right? So, so what is your exit strategy? When you get ready to sell, whenever it is, what are you going to do? You, you need to be looking at, the way the market is moving, you need to be looking at that property and go, okay, this area I know for the next five to 10 years, 
it's not going to change around very much. It's pretty consistent. If anything, it's going to grow. There's going to be more things coming into the city or the community that make people want to move here. The school system is good. The better the property when you buy it, of course, the better your exit is going to be, right? Because it's going to be a more desirable property for somebody to buy. Uh, you want to consider, too, the tax benefits of owning real estate, uh, especially investment properties. Uh, you know, the IRS gives you, it, it, it incentivizes you to buy property, right? They want you to buy housing and make housing for other people. Uh, so they give you a couple of advantages. Number one, you get what they call depreciation. So you get to depreciate your asset based on um the number of years that the, that they the government allows you. So let's say for a residential property, they take the amount that you bought the property for and the amount that you put in in renovations, your total investment, divide that number by 27 and a half, and then you'll get a depreciation on your income tax um, of that much, the amount of whatever it is, the total divided by 27 and a half, you'll get a depreciation on that for the number of years that you on the property and then you you will have to recoup that when you sell right unless you use another tax advantage um, tool which is called a 1031 exchange which means you buy if you sell a piece of property you put the money in a 1031 exchange you get put under a time limit and then you have a certain amount of time to buy a what they call like and kind a similar property and it doesn't have to be exactly the same but you buy a similar property and then you don't pay the tax on the profit that you made. That profit just gets rolled forward. Eventually, if you have an exit and you completely sell out, you will pay taxes. Obviously, if you have a, a massive injection of income, you're going to pay income tax on that money. But the, the IRS wants you to invest in real estate. They want you to create housing for other people. And so that being said, they have given you these uh, great tools and assets that you can use when you're investing in real estate properties. And so all that being said, you know, what you want to do is just kind of go back. Let me just recap this real quick. You know, you want to make sure that you're going to get a good investment to begin with. You're going to check the location. You want to check the cash flow. Make sure that your cash on cash return is going to be good. You want to make sure that you're going to be uh, in a financial position to have the closing costs, to have the money you need to do repairs if they need to be done. You want to check the... Um, market out you want to mitigate your risk by making sure you screen your tenants and you want to make sure that you have an exit strategy for long-range planning you know you may decide you want to keep those forever and give them to your kids and that's fine too um, but just know that there's lots and lots of strategies there's lots and lots of ways to invest in real estate so typically the way that the ladder works is you start with a single family home then you go into some small multifamily, then you go into maybe larger multifamily or vacation rentals if that's something that interests you and then on up into commercial you know bigger uh, apartments or bigger uh, retail spaces stuff like that and then even maybe some syndication where you know a lot of people pool a lot of money together and make a corporation or a business and they go out and buy as much real estate as they can or a big piece of property and everybody gets a piece of that you know so whatever it is whatever you're wherever you are on the road to real estate investing um, just know that it's a great opportunity for you uh, to make some money it's very incentivized by the IRS and the government they want you to do it and to me I, I just really really truly believe in real estate investing as a great vehicle to create wealth and change your family tree that being said if you have a question or a suggestion about 
real estate investing? Drop it in a comment down below. Make sure you like and subscribe this video so we can continue to put this content out. If you're listening on a podcast app, make sure you uh, leave us a review. That really helps us out as we're trying to kind of grow these, uh, these avenues that we're bringing this information and content to you each week. Thanks so much for checking out the show. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the House Guy and Home Girl podcast, your number one source for all things home. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and check out our YouTube page for video content from the show.